Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz, a survivor, thriver, adventurer, and believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from handpicked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Live Boldly. Today I have on 20-year-old Brandon Farbstein. Now, I heard Brandon speak at Amber Lillystrom's Ignite Your Soul Summit just a few weeks ago, and I was blown away. I'm so excited that he has decided to join us here today. I invited my two younger sons into this conversation, 18-year-old Carson and 13-year-old Christian. I wanted them to hear Brandon's inspiring words firsthand and also to join us a little bit uh, in sharing their own truth and their own story. So Brandon inspires millions of people across the globe with his universal message of living life on your own terms and building the framework for personal growth. At just 20 years old, he is a renowned empowerment speaker, Gen Z activist, and an author. Brandon was diagnosed with a rare form of dwarfism at the age of two and has turned his life experience of suffering, isolation, and victimhood into empowerment, impact, and influence. After a severe battle with cyberbullying in high school, Brandon decided to share his story to both offer hope and to enact change. Whether on tour with his recently published book, 10 Feet Tall, sharing his message with students at schools across the country, or working with Fortune 100 companies like Facebook and HP, Brandon consistently delivers tools to audiences of all ages to shift perspectives and strengthen their mindset. In 2018, Brandon was named in Tiger Beat and Instagram's 19 Under 19 as one of the 19 most influential teenagers in the world with his mission to elevate empathy. Our conversation went deep. We talked about everything from what it is to um, have thoughts of suicide and to really have to fight to, um, to be seen in this world. And then we talked about what it was like to share your truth in order to create impact um, in society. I really suggest that you grab a journal and a pen. If you have some of your friends and family members around here, invite them in to listen. If you have not watched uh, Brandon's TED Talk yet, please go do so as soon as you get done listening. Before I invite him in, I would like to share that we are running our July 9th through the 13th Grand Canyon Retreat. It is an all women's retreat, five days with an extended coaching journey that we um, use to support one another. If you are ready to heal, transform, just learn forgiveness and deep dive into transformational self, um, personal development, please reach out to me. We have two spots remaining. I would love to schedule a call and see if this is the right fit for you. 
So once again, I would like to welcome Brandon here with all of us. I am so honored and excited to have him. Please do me a favor and reach out to me and let me know your thoughts um, on this interview once you get done listening. And again, grab your journal, grab your pen. You're going to want it because this is an incredible conversation. Hi, Brandon. So exciting to have you on. Um, I have my sons to the left and to the right of me, and I am just privileged and honored to have you here. I heard you on Amber Lily Strom's Ignite Your Soul Summit, um, and I've been following you for a while now. You are an incredibly inspirational uh, young man, um, man, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just exciting to watch your journey of overcoming and using your traumas in life and the things that you've had to deal with in order to inspire and aspire to do so much good in this world. And so um, that the reason that I got into the work that I do today is because of my two kids to the right and to the left of me, and which I'm going to have them introduce themselves as well. And because uh, I know that you and I think along the same line that we all have things in life to overcome. And so why push things under the rug when we can actually bring them out to the surface and into the light so that others can also live in their truth? Because you are all about truth, which as we all know, so am I. So I'm just so honored to have you here. Thank Thanks you. so much for having me, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. So um, can you, actually, what I'm going to do first, is I'm just going to have my, my kids introduce themselves so that people understand that they are here in this. Most people do not bring their kids into interviews. Yeah, I love it's it. A very different thing. And as we all know, I do things a little bit differently in this world. And so I'm going to have them come in and just introduce themselves. Carson, why don't you go first? And then Brandon, I would love to hear your story and you just really dive into um, who you are and what you're about. Absolutely. So. Um. My name is Carson. I'm a senior in high school. Um, I'm attending USC next fall, and I'm just really excited to be here and be part of this. And uh, my name is Christian. I'm thirteen. Come on up. Come on. Up. <laughs> Come on. <up. laughs> my name is Christian. I'm thirteen. Um, I'm in eighth grade, and I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. So it's cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. Good stuff. So let's introduce you and uh, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into the work that you're doing. I like to kind of call it play as well because it's so much fun. Um, yes. It is so much fun, right? It really is. Um, Once yeah. you get in the groove of kind of finding your rhythm, finding what lights you up, it is, I, I think, the most fun that, that you can have. And so I began this line of work when I was 15, but I'm going to go back a little bit to give a little more context about my story. So at the age of two, I was diagnosed with a rare form of dwarfism. And when I say rare, there are less than 100 cases reported in medical history. So if you think about that number and just how, um, how much of a difference that is when you're comparing yourself to the rest of the billions and billions of people in the world, it obviously comes with a life of uncertainty and a lot of daily struggles and adversity ranging from being in pain because of my joints or how the world reacts to me, the stares and the pointing and the laughing wherever I go. And I used to think that that was my downfall. That was the thing that made me stand out in a negative way. But I totally was able to transform that outlook. Like I mentioned, when I was 15, that was the very first time that I shared my story. And it was on the TEDx stage. 
And it was literally in that moment that I discovered my purpose and my passion in the world. And up until that point in my life, I felt completely invisible. Even though I was hyper visible wherever I went, like I mentioned with all the reactions that people would have to me on a daily basis, I didn't feel heard and seen for who I really was on the inside, not just this outer shell of a body being three foot nine. And that was the start of the rest of my life, truly, because I realized that not only your difference is your superpower, but we all have something that we wish to quote unquote change or that we wish we didn't have to deal with, whether it's insecurities or stress or the way that we look, the way that we think, what family we were born into, whatever the circumstances are, we don't have to be the victim of that. And it's truly a choice in perspective. Are we going to use what we've been given and give ourselves the most amazing life possible, no matter what we go through? Or are we going to compare ourselves to everybody else, think that we're not good enough or we're not worthy or because we look a certain way or we were born into a certain environment that we won't succeed? We have to get past that negative voice in our head and really understand that we're in control of our own inner world. And it starts with the thoughts and the things that we tell ourselves on a daily basis. And so I've just been so incredibly blessed to discover that at a young age and now have been able to spread it to over 5 million people all around the world, both on social media and in person. It's just so, that's just amazing. How old are you now? 20. I mean, in five years, (laughs) in five years. Yeah. So you went on the TEDx stage at 15. I went on the TEDx stage at 46. How did you land on the TEDx stage? Really cool story. You guys will like this. So I ride a mobility device that is a mini Segway. And as you can imagine, it draws a lot of attention. It's badass looking. It's bright yellow and looks like Bumblebee from Transformer and like kind of a Lamborghini as well. So it draws a ton of attention and you don't see that every day. So people ask me a bunch of questions about it, about me, yada, yada. And I was in the airport with my family traveling down to, I think, Florida to visit relatives. And we were in the airport standing in line on my Segway and a woman came up to me at security and started asking me all these questions. What is this device? What do you use it for? Do you have a condition? What's your condition called? What's your name? What's your story? And literally just was hammering with all these questions. And at that point, after about, I don't know, five minutes, I was a little creeped out because she just was like coming with all these questions and I didn't know who this stranger was. And so I tried to like scurry around her and like speed ahead so I didn't have to deal with it. Obviously in a respectful way, I like, I meddled down the conversation a little bit and we said our goodbyes. She ended up sitting next to me at the gate because she was on our flight down to Florida as well. And we got to talk for over 45 minutes and she continued asking me all these questions just in a very inquisitive way, wanting to really hear about who I am and my story and whatnot. And she told me a little bit about hers as well. She ended up being one of the original organizers of the TEDx events. So she was, I think, number three or number four in the world to put on a TEDx event, which is insane because there now have been thousands and thousands. And Up until that point, I remember very distinctly having a conversation with my mom probably six months before I met that woman, saying, how cool would it be one day to share my story on the TEDx stage? But I literally never thought that one day would turn into reality or that I'd even be capable of doing something like that. Because 
I never had done it before. I, I didn't have that experience. And it truly was the universe bringing this woman into my life at a point where I really needed it. I needed that purpose. I needed the light to be able to get through all of the struggle and what I saw as just suffering. And three or four months later, I was in a meeting with the curators of a local TEDx event, uh, quite a large one with about 2,500 people in attendance. And I was the youngest person to ever take their stage. And they put a ton of confidence in me because it's not a usual thing that a 15-year-old can deliver eloquently their story or a speech in general. And so I was just so blessed to have that happen for me. And and really, my purpose kind of knocked on my door and I opened it. And here we are. Well, and that's, I think, a really important point is that you put it out there, not even really realizing like... I, that this was going to happen exactly how mine landed too, exact same way. And then when I was offered the documentary, I had somebody at my house that day who said, just so you know, the documentary is going to be next. And then that same afternoon, I got an inbox message in my Facebook account. Hey, Sarah, I don't know if you know what I'm up to, but I do documentaries and I want you to be the next subject and your family. No way. Yeah, yeah, literally. And so so I I fully believe that. And, you know, I I believe in the messages that are that are aligned with us in our life and the opportunities that are there. And it's about really stepping into them and not being afraid of what can happen when you do take on those opportunities. And there's so much courage that that you had just to get on stage. That's scary stuff, by the way. It's not vulnerable and, and authentic. It's it's really scary because you don't know how the world is going to react to you. And really, up until that point as well, I was so severely bullied in school and just, again, in general, how the world naturally reacts to somebody like me. It's not in a positive light because you, you don't come across many people like me who look like me. Um, and so that just was such a transformational pivoting moment for me to understand that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be the way that you are, but you need to show up as yourself. You can't try and put on a facade or try and be somebody that you're not because you think society or the universe is going to react in a, in a better light for you. We have to be the most us version of us. Yeah. And that goes also with the fact that I know when people looked at my family, to give you a little context, uh, I was married for 17 years and I found out over the course of five days that their father, my husband, um, had been leading a double life for almost all of our marriage. And yeah, and so there were multiple addictions that were happening. Um, He finally came out as being gay. And people looked at us like we were the, the, the cute family, the amazing family from California, blonde hair, blue green eyes, fit athletes. And we, on the outward, looked like one thing, but on the inside, I mean, I was suffering so deeply. And through my own suffering, I also, all I kept thinking about through all of it was, you know, my baby's back home. And how do I create something for them so that they can then be leaders in their own world? And so for us, I I know my kids, um, you know, Carson's a big water polo player, Christian's a big basketball player. Jacob, he's just like a brilliant kid and he was all good. I knew that, you know, he would, he would have his own path to his enlightenment, which he has. Um, but for me, it was finding the people to support them 
during their own time of need as well. So this happened six years ago. And um, so it was coaches, it was the school system. And I had to be extremely truthful and honest and vulnerable in sharing my story so that they then could step into sharing their own. Yes. Right. And it's so important. I think this is the most important message because we are told over and over and over again, shove it under the rug, shove it under the rug, shove it under the rug. Don't, don't air your dirty laundry, but it's Mm -hmm. actually, it's not dirty laundry. It's, we're all living through stuff. Yes. And by opening up about it, we're actually helping others to open up into their best light. So I commend you hugely. I got to ask you a very deep question here. And uh, I know I will say that I went through a very dark time where I was like, am I even needed in this world? Am I, is this even, is this even like, if I just, you know, run my car into the side of, you know, the, the, um, the side of the, the, the road or whatever it is that like, do I, am, like there was so much suffering. Well, can I just let it go? Did you ever have a moment of your deepest, deepest sorrow, deepest depression where you were just like, why am I even here? I did. I've had a couple of those uh, just incredibly dark, painful moments. The first one, when I was 11 years old, I came home from school one day and it, I don't think it was anything specific that triggered me that day. I just had enough. I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And walked in the door after I got off the bus and I said, mom, I'm not doing this anymore. I see nothing but pain and suffering for the rest of my life. There's no point in me being here. There's no point in me being in this body and I'm going to kill myself. And I went upstairs, just obviously hysterical. I slammed the door of my room and not to get into too much detail, but I was moments away from ending my life and very, very blessed that I have not only a superhero mom, but just an incredible family that loves me and has helped me get through so much. And they were able to get me the professional help that I needed to start opening up to a therapist. And it honestly took about six or seven different counselors and therapists to find the right one that I felt comfortable enough to open up to, to be real with. And I really found that I wasn't alone in what I was going through. Yes, people may not relate to being three foot nine. They may not know what it's like in my exact shoes, but we could all relate to feeling alone, to feeling worthless, to feeling isolated. And that's kind of the the universal of being human. We're experiencing different things at different points in our life, but we could all relate to feeling the same feelings. And so that was the first one. And then the second one was when I was in high school, probably midway through my junior year. Um, the cyberbullying got so severe that I started getting a new death threat, what seemed like almost every single week from the peers at my school. And there was really no reason for it. It was just targeting me for being different, for getting the attention that I got. And at that point, it was after I gave the TEDx talk. So I thought things would get a little better and people would see me in a more empowering light or a more strong light, whatever the thing was. And it just, unfortunately, was the exact opposite. Every single day walking into school was hell. And that's not an exaggeration. I felt so alone. I felt so targeted by nearly every single person at that school, even if they didn't directly say something to me. I didn't have anyone kind of stepping in for me and even standing beside me and supporting me or or asking if I was okay or if I needed help or if I even needed a friend. And at that point in my life, I already found my purpose, 
But the hate and the negative energy from all these other people got so overwhelming that I started listening and believing the things that they would say to me, that the world would be a better place if I'd killed myself, or this midget is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. He's never going to find anybody that loves him. I literally equated that to my self-worth and it totally got destroyed. I had no self-worth. I had no confidence in who I was, who I showed up as. Again, even after I found this incredible gift in my life where I had a purpose, I had a voice, but I still was not being seen as the person that I knew that I was on the inside. And so I made the decision when the pot kind of boiled over and I realized how much it was affecting every aspect of my life, not just my school performance, not just my mental health, but literally everything that I had to make a change. And I started online school and that ended up being one of the greatest gifts that has been handed to me because not only did I complete my schoolwork in about 15 or 20 minutes every day, which as you both know, probably being in online school right now, that's a blessing. And I also discovered that with all that energy and extra space that I had, I was able to do something with my experience. And I decided to not only begin my professional speaking career, but I testified at the Virginia General Assembly where I grew up and to date have gotten two pieces of legislation passed, one that is a bullying prevention law and another one that I'm just so immensely proud of requires empathy to be taught in the public school curriculum here in Virginia, starting in kindergarten and building on every single year until you graduate high school. Wow, that's awesome. They teach empathy at uh, Christian school too, am I right? I believe, I believe they do. Isn't that funny? I'm like, I believe they do. I know <laughs> you're at home, so yes. that's amazing. Oh my gosh. And how cool to take all of that, those two times in your life where you were just like the lowest low and then to be able to come out into this light and to be able to spread it into schools ever. I mean, literally, that's, that's incredible. Thank that's you amazing. so much. So I have a question for my son, Carson. Did you ever have anything, any time in your life where you were felt, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but you know, that's what I do as a mom, where you felt like, uh, can, that you can relate to any of this? Um, I would say right when, I would say when I was in seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade, um, when everything kind of happened, I felt like a lot of people were, um, kind of barging me with questions about, you know, uh, the divorce and stuff like that. And I guess it, I guess it was like kind of the opposite in a way where I felt like I was getting so many questions and getting, I don't want to say too much support, but like it was a little overwhelming and like in a weird way. And I just wanted to go back to like my normal life before that. So that's how I felt different. Um, I was like, you know, the kid with a gay dad so that's how I felt um but I think once I got to high school I decided to go somewhere different instead of the you know the local high school um where I got to to meet a lot of you know new um different ways of life so I think that was really good for me personally um because I was looked at you know as just a normal kid from the beach area so yeah yeah that's, and that's important. I know I, I as a parent, I want to I want to touch on your mom as well here. How she handled everything because I can only imagine how much that must have been 
for her, um, and she's not here to speak for herself yet, I would like to just hear it from you. But as me, for me as a mom, I know they were, my kids have always been the ones that I was, I've always thought about in all of, in all of my transformation and all of my recovery in everything, in my deepest lows. It was like everything, everything was done, um, obviously for myself as well, but with the intention of them not yeah. having to go through because I could see it happening. I could see like where this could take kids down to their lowest, lowest lows. And, and I wanted to make sure that that didn't happen to them. Um, so now I'm going to ask my son, Christian, you were a little bit younger when all of this happened, um, but come on up. Did you ever have anything like this? Mm, not really. Cause I was young. So at the time, I don't even know if like anybody really knew about it other than like my friends. So, yeah. Not really, but. Yeah. Christian was a lot younger. Strange, so. Yeah. Christian. Like right. Christian was a lot younger when this happened. And so it was a little bit easier to maneuver with him. It was more so um, at the time, Carson, because he was, you were, um, you were young when all of this happened. So, and he was in middle school, which is a very difficult time as we all know. And so how about your mom? How did your mom, how did she handle, what was it like to have her as a support system? Because your family is really incredible. You've got a big support system with them. How was it for, to have them, how was it for her to go through it? Have you discussed it since then? Has it, cause we're very open in my family. So we continuously have the conversations, but what was it like for her? Yeah, in hindsight, we've definitely discussed it throughout the years. I think it's been really important for both of our healing and to just kind of get past it and also talk about what it was like to be at not only such a low point in my life, in my journey, but for her as well and my entire family suffering and, and being in so much pain. I think for her, the biggest thing was trying to get as many answers as she could and finding the solutions that worked for me. and really not only with my own mental health struggles, but my condition as a whole, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's so rare that we ask doctors, what can we expect? What is the outlook of my life in five, 10, 15 years? Do we have like a roadmap of how my bones are going to progress or what my mobility is going to be like? And the answer is always, we don't know. We don't have the answers to that. So she has always taught me that we have to innovate our own solution and come up with what works for us and what doesn't. And sometimes it's not taking the advice of a doctor and it's respecting what they share and what they bring to the table, but not necessarily letting that dictate the life that you live. And so I'm really, really grateful that she taught me that because I feel like that has carried me and my family through a lot of the struggles, a lot of the adversity that we continue to face just throughout this life. And for her, it also meant opening up to people and sharing what we were going through as a family, what she was going through, feeling hopeless and alone and isolated because really not many people can relate to the exact circumstance that we're in, but they could relate to having a bullied child or they could relate to having somebody with medical condition that brings a lot of unknowns. And so that was really big for her. And I think my dad as well, just finding those people, whether it was family members or their friends that they could open up to and not feel so alone, not feel so stranded on a deserted island with no support system around, that was really big. Yeah, we didn't have anybody 
anybody either. Um, and for me, it was my own extended family. The more I would share, I felt really bad because it was almost like you don't want to burden people, right? You're like, I don't want to relate to that you, a lot, right? I don't want to burden you with my problems because then you're holding my problems and I don't, it's such a hard place to be in. And for us, you know, <laughs> I was also, I was going through so much trauma. I had PTSD, complex PTSD. I had trauma mm-hmm. brain. I mean, there was so much that was happening at one time and there was no one that got it. There was no yeah. one that understood. And so, you know, my husband at the time was going through his own stuff. And so it was very much like, I can't burden it with him, my own issue, because I'm, uh, he's going through his own thing and right. we're friends now. So it's all, it's oh, all good. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good. Um, forgiveness is a big part of my life. And my TED talk was about, was on forgiveness. Uh, and so it, it, the reason that I also speak out now is because of the fact that there wasn't anybody that understood. I didn't know one person in this world that had gone through what I've gone through. Um, and then even with addiction stuff, I knew alcoholics, I knew drug, you know, drug addicts, I knew partners of that. But to have something with relational and betrayal trauma so deep was non-existent, non-existent. And then, excuse me, even the people that did or had the professionals that had uh, some sort of knowledge about it, they weren't me. You know, it's like talking to a doctor and you're like, okay, but you're not me. You're not, I have my own story and my own struggles with all of this. And it's not by the book. And it's not by the book. You literally have to blaze your own trail and how you go through your own recovery, your own life, your own path, because it is your trail, right? Like there's no, it's your trail. And so if anything, like that's such a cool message that you're putting out to um, all of, I know you're a Gen Z, right? Uh, I'm Gen X. They like to think I'm a boomer. I'm not. (laughs) They're always calling me boomer. I'm not a boomer. (laughs) I'm not a boomer. (laughs) I am a a Gen X. Uh, (laughs) But it's so cool that you're doing that, that you're spreading the message of that exact thing. Yeah, it's just awesome. You know, I think to be somebody that not only is different, but has this truth and has this message of no matter what you're going through, again, we're all dealing with something, whether you could see it or whether it's invisible, it's in here or it's in here in your heart or your head and dealing with something that not everybody can see or or knows about. I think when you're able to open up and find at least one person that you could be vulnerable to, and and that really just means sharing your story, sharing what you're going through, it changes your life because it takes all of that weight of being completely alone and feeling like nobody gets it. Again, we may not all relate to being in each other's shoes, but we can relate to feeling the same things at different points in our life. Yeah, thousand percent thousand percent. So how do you deal with, I have a question for you that's, uh, that I'm big on now. I'm a nature lover. Uh, anybody that knows me, I, um, believe it or not. So my oldest son is way into technology. I'm not. So the whole phone thing, yeah, I deal with it. I do it because that's also my lifeline and it's an amazing way to spread the message and the word of what I'm doing. Uh, but every, and there's, there is a, but, and, um, I escape into the mountains for a minimum of seven days backpacking every year. Like that's my jam. Yeah. Turn everything off and go do me and connect with the universe, connect with nature, connect with all of the things. How do you deal with the line of work that you do right now? 
and as a 20 year old and the technology piece and and deal with the the constant messaging and the constant like having to reach out with in communication with connection with through technology how do you deal with that and what message could you give all the gen zers all the way through about that about the phones about the technology yeah that's a really good question and and i'll be totally open with it it's very overwhelming at times because i feel a lot of pressure having the platform that i do and and needing to be a resource for as many people as possible a, a lot of times that translates into getting dms getting messages from people every single day sometimes in the hundreds of what they're going through and maybe they are very close to wanting to end their life or seeing themselves not being able to overcome the trauma or the struggles that they're currently in. It's so hard to not answer every single person, but I realized that I had to set boundaries for myself. I'm still dealing with a ton of adversity every single day. And I'm not saying that to, to try and be the victim anymore, but it's just the reality of kind of what it is. And I could do as much as I possibly can and release content relating to those specific topics and struggles, obviously drawing from my own truth and my own story, but I can't be a therapist. I can't be a life coach to every single person. And I had to make that distinction for myself because I would say two years ago, I didn't have as much of a platform, but I still probably had around 30 or 40,000 followers across. And it, it just was really hard to not answer every single message and not provide advice for as many people as I could. And so that's what I would do. And I burned out. I didn't want to be on social media anymore. I didn't want to be this person and have the presence because I just felt so much pressure that I didn't know how to deal with. Because again, I was still trying to figure out my own stuff and, and live my own life while coming up with the answers to what adversity or what I might have been dealing with. So I made the, the realization that we have to be incredibly deliberate about who we follow and who we're friends with online, especially. And it's so relevant now in this time, especially because we absorb so much of the energy that we're seeing even on screen every single day through the content we're consuming. And here's what I mean by that. We don't need to follow only motivational speakers and positive accounts posting uplifting quotes every single day or whatever, but we should not be following people that are hateful or that are constantly negative or complaining about how much their life sucks. Yes, it's important to be real. And like we've been saying throughout this episode, share your struggles, share your story and speak your truth. But if that person is doing nothing to uplift you, nothing to add value to your life in a positive way, we got to get rid of them because really it makes so much a diff so much of a difference to how much joy we're feeling how happy we are on a daily basis and really how much anxiety is running through our brains too if we're seeing people that are acting like they're perfect and every single picture they don't have any pimples and they use those apps that slim their bodies down and like whatever the things are or filtering everything we're going to think we're doing something wrong that we're living a life that we're not supposed to live and for our generation especially, that is such a horrible message to think because we're all uniquely us in the struggles that we have and the lives that we live. And it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to have freaking pimples or be curvy in ways like you're you, you're human. You don't need to try and act like somebody that you're not. And that would definitely be my message. Be really 
deliberate and have a filter on who you allow to absorb your energy, where your time is going, and change it to making sure that your circle, your friend group, the people that you talk to is full of individuals that see you for you, don't try and put you in a box that you're not in, but also are just good people that are adding to your life in a positive way. Yeah, most definitely. I know, do you have to go take a quiz? Uh, well, can I say something first? Yes, I was going to ask you. I wanted you. to chime in. Um, I think I, going along with that, I noticed, um, you know, with social media and stuff, and me being in high school, lots of kids um, growing up at this time are always comparing, you know, comparing each other's, you know, their selves to other people. And I've learned to not really not, you know, because I, I used to do that a lot. Yeah. Um. But I think as, you know, now almost, you know, finishing high school, I think by now I'm pretty much done with that because, you know, just embracing yourself is what, you know, really matters. So, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad to hear it. It's just such an important place to get in your own life to recognize that you don't need to try and be somebody else because you have the things that you have, all of the gifts and the tools and and even the things that, again, you wish that you may change about yourself, but that's what makes you the person that you are. And we need to lead by example too. And we can't try and give advice to somebody else that we're not following. And I found that especially to be very, very relevant in the line of work that I do at this age. It's really easy to try and be the person that gives all this advice and like the coaching to people without doing the deep work and getting to that place yourself. But once you're able to show people life is so much better and you don't feel so constricted and weighed down when you try and compare yourself to everybody else. It's huge. Yeah. I think it's with me too, at this age, even at, even at 46 and being the mom that I literally like my entire life was blown up. Right. And all of what I thought my life was, was now not. And so it was really easy for me at the age of 40 to sit there and say, Oh my gosh, but this family to the right of me has the most amazing life right. and look at their kids are great and they've got the white picket fence. And all of a sudden I don't have any of that. Right. And so it's so easy to say, but that's what I, but that's what I want, but that's what I aspired to. And then all of a sudden for it not to be there, it would have been so simple for me just to be like, okay, I'm out, I'm done. But instead we sold our home. We now live across the street in a rental until we rebuild what we have, which has been an experience in itself. Because I know, like I, 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 my clients too, I get it. There are so many out there that are just, they, the comparison state is so simple to do. It's so easy to do. And I know for me, that's why I also turn my phone off and I go into the wilderness for so many days because I just need my time to be me and to do my self-reflection work and to sit there and go deep. Yeah. Um, You know, and to reconnect with what really is important to us and what our priorities have been and then need to be going forward as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Do you, my son, do you need to go? Oh yeah. So my son is, uh, for those of you listening, is going to exit this, my 18 year old, I almost said 16. He's got to go (laughs) to a quiz, online quiz um, for poetry, I believe. So yeah. you go do you. I love you. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. And Great to meet you. And congratulations on almost crossing the finish line and graduating. That's huge, man.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. And I thought it was awesome and really inspiring. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. So we're going to continue though. Um, him leaving does not end this. <laughs> Isn't he cool? I love my kids. My kids are, they're, they're just very woke. They are. They're just like, they're, I, again, though, like this is why I do what I do. And I think it's really important for parents out there to understand the importance of um, speaking your truth so that your kids don't have to hide behind, you know, a curtain themselves. Yes. It, it's so important. I know like for me, a lot of therapists, when I went to talk to therapists, um, there were a number of people who said, just don't tell them stuff. Like don't hold it from them. You know, I know they don't need to hear that. Just protect them. And for me and the woman who I'm having on next and uh, who I'm also podcasting after you, um, her whole line of her belief system was speaking the truth so that her kids didn't have to lie. Right. Wow. And so, right. I know. And that was mine too. It was very much like, I think it's so important for me to give them the information that they need. That's age. Um, that's, that's right, right for their age, but then also to be able to uh, continue to tell them the truth along the way as they age so that they understand that what I went through and, and what our family went through and also how we are, you know, progressing and rebuilding in our own way. I had to do that with my son recently, the, the one that just stepped away. Um, I suffered from major trauma brain. And so I don't know if you know anything about trauma brain. Do you know anything about trauma brain? A little bit, not much. Yeah, it's a real fascinating thing. It's where um, your, your mind, you literally start, to, in my case, I forgot a lot of stuff. And mm. so there were times where even now I'll set something down and I won't remember where that where I put it. And it's not people will say, well, yeah, that's just age. That's just this, this, this. It's just that. No, 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 no. I I know my brain like I know my yeah. brain, like I know my brain. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so <clears throat> there were times where I would set something down. One day in particular, I kept setting something down. And I kept missing. I kept forgetting where I put it. And Carson looked at me and he said, Mom, you gotta start remembering where you put stuff. And that one word, that one statement that he said triggered me so deeply. And I just started crying. This happened not about a, probably about nine months ago. Just started crying. And I could have ran away and been like, you know, upset or whatever, took a breath, did my thing, came back and explained to him, look, babe, this is why I forget where I put stuff. And it's because of the history, it's because of what I've been, been through and how my yeah. brain has literally changed and I'm working on it. This is not something that can just get fixed overnight. And he looked at me and he said, he hugged me really hard and he sat down, I was sitting down in the bed at the time when I was crying and he sat down next to me and he put his arm around me and he said, um, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. And I'm glad you told me because now I can understand better what it is that you're going through. Yeah. And so I believe so deeply in speaking your truth, speaking your truth, speaking your truth. You have to speak your truth. As painful as it is, it is just so worth it. It's so worth it. Age appropriate, of course, right? But, um, and it's so important along the way just to be able to have the conversations that can get hard, but they're necessary. Yeah. But they're necessary, you know? And so how about you, like in your life, um, has there been anybody, any particular time where you have had to open up where it's been painfully hard, but you've, but you've like, where did you draw your strength from? Where did you draw all of that courage from? Where did that, where did that, where did that stem from? 
So I would say before the TEDx talk and, and that period of my life, it really was drawing from my own inner strength that, that I was able to overcome, whether it be the medical adversity or the mental health stuff or whatever it was. I didn't know kind of where that was stemming from. It just naturally was my way of being to keep going and to not let these circumstances stop me. And obviously getting the help through therapists and through my family that got me through it as well. But then afterwards, after the the pivot that I made, I think it really was seeing what I was doing for other people and the profound impact that I started making by sharing my story, by speaking my truth and being vulnerable and being as authentic as possible. Because when we do that, we help people really in the most profound way than just giving advice or saying, here, maybe you should try this. By sharing what you did to get through those painful moments and those things of overwhelm, it truly helps people in a way that I believe nothing else can. So that's where I draw a lot of my strength from currently is knowing every single day that I have a mission to go back on, even if right now I can't be on stage, I can't be in front of people, which full transparency too, the first couple weeks of this quarantine experience was absolutely awful for me. I was depressed, I was so anxious, I had every single speaking gig totally cancel on me, lost all of my income. And it was just devastating because not only on the business front, but this is what fills me up the most. And being in front of people, getting their energy, seeing what I'm able to do for others is just absolutely everything to me. And I had to realize that we're all going through this. We're all dealing with kind of the same level of anxiety and depression and sadness and just the the amount of uncertainty going on right now is quite an extreme. But the truth of the matter is a couple things. Number one, we've never been so connected as we are right now, literally every single person in the world. And number two, there's always going to be adversity. There's always going to be uncertainty. And yes, this is putting a huge magnifying glass on things and really amplifying the levels of what it is. But if we can learn to have self-care, if we can learn to develop practices that keep us on the right track, as simple as breathing or meditation for five minutes a day or surrounding yourself yeah, with, with the right people that uplift you and give you those positive vibes and good energy, it doesn't have to be that complicated and that complex. We put all these stories in our head that like we have to change everything for things to change. But that's BS. Change one thing, do one thing every single day, and I promise you it's going to transform your entire life. Yeah, that's amazing. Literally what I've been telling my boys. Now, my niece was here too. My niece, I actually just put her back on a flight this morning um, to go home. She had been quarantined here for almost eight weeks. Uh, well, she was, she was quarantined here for two weeks. She had flown in from Spain and then she ended up staying for another six because it's California versus going back to Wisconsin. And we just made the most of it. You know, I mean, it was, it was the four of us, um, here. And for me being self-care is the ocean and the mountains and they were, um, closed down intermittently different ones, but we literally found the ones that were open and went there. And I, 
It was amazing. And I was a little bit, I will say, I was a little bit hesitant because I thought, okay, am I going to get shamed for doing this? Right. Just like going back to my past life where I realized I was like, wow, I'm being triggered the same way that I was back when I came out with, with my story. Am I going to get shamed for doing that? But I wasn't doing anything wrong. And so every rule was being followed, went on every trail that was open, never broke the law, did everything the way that it was supposed to be done and did my own self-care. And I'll tell you, if I didn't do the self-care that I did, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation today. There's no Mm. way because I know where my head goes and I know how I can flip the script um, because of my past. And I also know how to go back to the way of, of alignment in who I am. And, and it's really about knowing that. How do you go back to that space that then we can be the best person we need to be for other people? And it's, interestingly enough, I only had one person in all the times that I posted on social media, two actually, who were a little bit like, one was a little bit more harsh than the others. Um, and when that harsh comment, I'm going to ask you about this too, because when that harsh comment came on, all of my people, my peeps who know me, sent me messages saying, block that person, just erase the comment, do the things. And I was going on to do a workshop, like like literally like one minute later. And I pulled it up. I didn't even know what they were talking about. I pulled it up and I responded in a way that was from kindness and love, not hate, not judgment back, not shaming back, not anger. And it was completely from kindness and love and said and explained why I do what I do. And Interestingly enough, literally right afterwards, there was an apology and I'm sorry and I thank you and thank you for that. And I said straight up, like, I'm not erasing your comment because it's so important for people to see. It's so, I appreciate that because my response back only allowed other people to see that, yeah, we can go to that place, but we don't have to stay there. And it's all about how we respond to the messages that are given to us. 100%. 100%. And so have you had that happen in your social media as well? Have you had that happen in your life? Well, I know you have in your life, but how is it that you respond even in your social media? I know my kids, I read some of their comments and I'm like, whoa, not them that they're putting out there, but people that put stuff in. And it's hard for me sometimes to decipher an 18-year-old comment, 13-year-old comment versus how my comments come in, Mm -hmm. right? And so how do you decipher, how do you maneuver through all of that? So it's something that I deal with on a daily basis, Um, you know, just having the presence that I do, but also being so visibly different. I'm a very easy target. And I know that I'm, I'm somebody that has to face that on a daily basis. And I choose to face it because I don't want to hide away from it. I don't want to act like I'm not three foot nine or I'm not the person that I am with the struggles that I have because that wouldn't be the truth. So what I've learned is that you have to make positivity louder. You have to make those voices that are telling you keep going or giving you strength, giving you love and support, make that so much louder and focus your energy on those people. And I'm not going to say that the negative comments don't hurt because they do. We're human. We can't just let things roll off just like that without letting it affect us. I think we could react in a different way. And once we get to a point of being more comfortable and accepting who we truly are, um, it makes it a lot easier. But for me, I really have understood that it's not me 
who is being targeted for the person that I am. It's a direct reflection of how that individual that's sending me the comments, sending me the horrible messages of how they're feeling on the inside. And that is why empathy is so important. If we could learn that hurt people hurt people, and it's a constant cycle of these individuals reacting in a negative way and nobody stepping in to stop it, it's just going to keep happening and perpetuating worse and worse into their adult life. And those are the people that, in my opinion, this is a bit extreme, but turn into murderers, turn into individuals that hurt society and the world around them the most because they didn't have anybody as a kid or as a teenager to come right in front of them and say, hey, this isn't the way to respond. This isn't the person that you should be, not only because you're hurting other people, but you're not going to live a life of fulfillment. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be um, full of joy for treating people in this light. So that's been really big for me, really having empathy, not just for these other people and understanding that they are suffering to an extreme, but also knowing that I'm on the right track. If my voice inside my head is stronger and is telling me that I know I'm doing the right thing, then F these comments, F these people that are telling me that I need to stop or whatever the, the thing is, um, we, we have to understand that. So I'm going to share with you that when I, uh, probably about three months into my recovery, um, I found that quote, hurt people, hurt people, break the chains today. And there's a whole quote about it. Um, and that made that my screensaver. And it was my screensaver for probably about four years, maybe five, um, because it was my reminder of always come from love, always come from kindness. Forgiveness is so much more important in life than anything. And that's the foundation of healing and transformation and growth. And so, um, Thank you for that because right when you said that, I was like, yes, you're that's that's like that. You're speaking my you're speaking my healing language right there. <laughs> hurt people, hurt people, break the chains today. You know, we don't need to stay in this space. And yeah. um, and that's 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 incredible. So uh, I want to wrap up with a couple with one question in particular. Um two two questions, actually, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. The one question I want to ask you is, um, what is the one thing that you would like to tell the generation of your world today? I'm going to start there. What is the one thing that you would really like to express to them? And I'm sure you've probably hit it on this already, but um, give it to me one more time. You know, I think the biggest thing right now is how much personal power we all have on both sides of the spectrum, especially on social media. With one comment, one post, one message, just like that, we literally could end somebody's life. And, and I'm not trying to sound extreme here, but I know it because I lived it. And all of these people that think it's a joke or that they're just playing around, it's not. You don't understand how much you are profoundly impacting somebody that those scars are never going to go away. You may not be in that place anymore of listening to all those things that people said, just like me, but I'm never going to forget the hurt and I'm never going to forget how much that damaged me, but it definitely shaped me into the person that I am. But also on the other side of the spectrum, with one message, one act of kindness, reaching out to your friend that you know is going through a tough time right now, you literally could change everything for them and get them on a totally different track from thinking that nobody cared or you were the only person that reached out. So 
that it's huge. And it's so easy to make a difference in somebody else's life. You don't need to be a celebrity. You don't need to have millions of dollars. You don't need to be anybody that you aren't already are. You have all the tools to give all these gifts, to give that kindness and empathy and love to the people around you. Use what you've been given, do what you can and be the best person that you know you can be. That's amazing. Yep. And so now I'm going to flip the script a little bit and I'm going to ask you another question that I think, and this is the other one that, um, that I sat with this morning. I was like, oh, this I want to hear. Well, what would you tell, this is really important, the parents of the children today? Because as we all know, parents are the models of the children, right? We yeah. model for them. Yeah. And I believe that, and, and I believe this very deeply that, um, we as parents sometimes forget that we just do. And, uh, and it's really easy for us to hand a screen to a child today and say, here, go there, watch this. Um, we just got off a road trip to the poppy fields last week and nice. it was amazing. And we were like phones down games up, like let's start playing the road games, the road trip games. That yeah. we so old school. Um, I, I'm a little old school that way and I like it. That's so fun. It is fun. And so and it, that like we learn so much more about one another. So what yeah. would you tell the adults, the parents? And I don't, not just parents, but those, the guardians, the people yeah. could be anyone, right? Like, cause we are all modeling for kids. So what would you tell them? I think what, what you just said is huge. You are literally modeling and you're showing your kids how to live by your exact behavior especially on social media. I see so many parents that are trying to implore empathy and kindness and all these good things, the, the lessons that you need to teach kids, but being absolute a-holes online to each other and, and just treating each other like absolute garbage and not practicing what you preach at all. We're not perfect and nobody's expecting you to be perfect. But if you aren't being the person that you want your child to become and showing how to do that, getting past your own stuff, getting past, I think, Sarah, your story is incredible because you put your kids first. You were able to have them be the driving force of continuing on and pushing through. And so even if you can't get to that place yourself for your own self, have your kids in mind that you have to be the best person. You have to show them what it really means to have empathy. Teaching what empathy is, I think, is absolutely one of the, the universal most important lessons. Uh, I believe empathy is the key to human connection, but it's also the key to unlocking our own inner strength and inner greatness. And when we're able to have empathy towards one another, we don't feel so alone. We don't feel so, uh, so much of a victim of our experience in our life. So I think number one is that teaching empathy, showing what that really means. But number two, speak the truth to your kids. Yes. Do not be afraid to have those difficult conversations, to bring up things that might be painful, that might hurt you in that moment, but are going to teach the most powerful transformational lessons to your kids through what you've been through, through what your family has been through as a whole. It should not try and be swept under the rug, just like you said, Sarah, or, or acting like it's not there because it is. And it really, if it's not brought up and it's not addressed, it's going to come back to bite not only you, but them in their life. Yeah. Amen, brother. 
Amazing. I have so much uh, gratitude towards you for being here with my kids and, um, and just really for finding your own inner strength and for overcoming what you have. And uh, most importantly, for continuing to live the life that you have. And I want you to do me a big favor, please. When we get off this, go hug your family from us over here on the West Coast, because you're on the East Coast, right? Yep. And so please, when you get offline with me, go and hug them and tell them thank you from the Schulten Kranzes over here in California, please. I absolutely will. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, because that's just, it's an amazing story. And I, I don't even know your mom. I haven't talked to her, but I've just seen her online and I'm like, I love that woman. <laughs> Incredible. And so um, I just want to say thank you to them as well. So appreciate it so much. Keep doing what you're doing. And I know that our paths are going to cross um, someday soon and I'm a hugger. So be ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I can't wait until that we get to uh, do that again. Sometime soon, <laughs> I'm hoping. Yes, me too. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else, any other last words that you would like to put in? Um, I would say if you would, if you resonated with anything that I mentioned, would love if you picked up a copy of my book, 10 Feet Tall. It's on Amazon or um, soon to be on, on Audible, which I'm excited about. And follow me on social media. My username is at Farbstein, my last name, F-A-R-B. S-T-E-I-N. Instagram is where I hang out the most. would love to connect on there. Yep. Most definitely. Um, you guys go follow him. You had an incredible Facebook or Facebook IG live yesterday. Um, I got to see a little bit of that. And so, yeah, you just like everything that you put out there is really cool. I think it's really important as well for parents that are listening to go and share this episode with their kids, sit down and listen to it to, together as we have actually recorded it together and, uh, and have them pick up on some incredibly important messages as well. Um, and definitely, if you guys don't follow him, go do so. Grab the book because it's awesome. And uh, it's you. And I thank you for your honest words in it. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to ask my other son who's sitting here. This is early for them, by the way, because we are. Yeah. <laughs> we had a busy yesterday. Is there anything else that you would like to ask? Ed? Come on up, though, because there we go. Uh, anything at all I don't know you don't know how about just a simple like thank you yeah thank you I'm, I'm glad that you came on this yeah definitely great to meet you yeah, nice to meet you too yeah um, so Christian will be traveling with me a little bit next year so we'll, you may actually get to meet him in person as well sweet that's awesome thank yeah. you a thousand times over and I will um, see you soon Absolutely. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having me yeah. on. Have a Thanks. great weekend, guys. Talk to all you of too. you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I am grateful to have you here, and I would love to invite you over to sarahsheltoncrans.com to grab my free seven steps to a joy-filled life. I share these seven steps from my own heart, soul, and experience. These steps transformed my own life from victim to survivor. Also, please, let's all be a ripple effect of change in today's world. I ask of you to please share this podcast with others that may need to be inspired or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review, 
go to my Instagram or Facebook page and let me know what you think. I love hearing from each and one of you. I love sharing your thoughts, messages, and inspiring words. Because we are not alone in this world, friends. Let's keep the ripple moving. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great remainder of your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.